Maayong hapon. Good afternoon. I think I'd like to to start with the water the the Avatar movie. Have you seen those? <laughs> Have you seen the movie? Okay. I hope you don't mind me spoiling a bit. Um, it's about a family who needed to move from being forest people to the area, to the zone of the water people. To me, it's a big adjustment in terms of worldview, value system, and behavior patterns because of the geographical and uh, uh, social differences and movement. And I also saw that that movie reflects our um, love story, our, our journey. <laughs> so I let her tell how she courted me. <laughs> <laughs> well, to start our story, while I was still nine years old, I started praying for my partner in life. Why? I grew up in, in our church, and I always admire the person who serves God. And my prayer at that time Lord, give me someone that loves you. And that's all my request. So as time goes by, when I turned 17 and I was in my university at that time, I happened to meet him in one of the spiritual retreats that I attended. And I didn't know that he is a paparazzi. <laughs> he was stalking me and taking pictures of me at that time. And then, I found out when he gave me the pictures through his friend who went to our house. And I said, how did he take, how did he took those, those pictures? And nakita ko, mayroong clouds, dot, dot, dot. I'm dreaming of you. <laughs> hint, hint siya sa akin. <laughs> I was then our college uh, graphics editor. That's why I had this camera by the school. But it's my personal film. Hindi pa uso nun yung digital. We had to buy films. 12 shots, 24 shots, 36 shots. You make mistake, you lose. You lose the shot, right? Whereas we can just take tick, 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 right now. So I, I sent her an album of all, the, of all the pictures that I personally developed in a dark room. Remember... I'm 65 years old and she's... 63. <laughs> I was born in 1956 and she was born in 1960. So 
ibang-iba yung world namin noong teenagers pa kami. So, I also prayed for a woman who would be so adventurous enough to go to the crazy dreams I had. I dream of living among the poor. I dream of dying without any cent in my bank account. I don't know, crazy. Uh, I dreamed, uh, I dreamt of uh, uh, going around the world as a backpacker. I dreamed of uh, marrying a woman I love with the least budget because I don't want I, I did not want to spend money on weddings, but when I proposed to her, when I met her in that retreat, I said, that's the, that's the girl I saw in my dream. Call me cheesy romantic, but I dreamt of her image. And when I saw her, she's the girl of my dream. I mean, literally, I dreamed of that image. I was a painter, I was a photographer, and my whole artistic energies was focused on her during that time. That's why she called me paparazzi, but <laughs> I can't help, right? And then I started, you know, during those times in the late 70s, there was these hush publications. And I started designing greeting cards. And they paid me for the design. And so first, I would use those greeting cards because I was so inspired at looking at her. <laughs> and I would give that to her and then submit that to, the <laughs> to hush publications. And they said, did you use this? Uh, yes, to my, gave it to the person I was hurting. And they said, you cannot do that. Uh, the original should be ours. So every time I did that, I would write to her, but publish it first, then give the cards to her. <laughs> so because, uh, by the way, we saw each other in that spiritual sure. retreat. I have to tell you something. I grew up in Olongapo City. In 1972, I was second year high school when Marcos declared martial law. That was the beginning of the destruction of the lives of many people, including my life. Because, and I don't want to get too much in that dark political description of this, but it was enough for me to lose hope. It was enough for me to be so angry at the world, so angry at the government, even so angry at God, and so angry at the Christian religion. And I embraced, um, because of my immaturity and anger, I embraced a very good movement, but because I was immature, I took it with so much anger. And I became an activist.
I have to pause every time I say this because I have so much memories of blood, of pain, of, of physical pain and mental pain. And it took me a lot of, it took me almost 20 years in Canada to get healed. I'm still in the healing process. I hope no one among you would experience martial law. I hope no one among you would experience the pain that, that my generation went through. And this is where we differ. We came from a different um, different position. My father is a military, was, was a military, and he was the one who wore those helmet baton to uh, Stop, riot, riot to stop the riot. Anti-riot So, magkaiba kami ng bakod. So, when he learned about my dad being a policeman, <laughs> he has hesitancy when he came to our house and trying to pursue me. And um, because I was really praying for a man of God, my first requirement for the person who would pursue me was not to tell me that he loves me. I don't want him telling me I love you. I want him to tell me that he wants to marry me. So marriage proposal right away was my ideal. If you want me, in my mind, Lord, if, if, somebody, if you will give me someone who would marry me, his first word should be, will you marry me? But I hesitated because her mom was a businesswoman, a capitalist, <laughs> and her father was part of the metrocom of the Philippine Constabulary, and I belong to the Kabataang Makabayan, KM, and I believe in the advancement of the National Democratic Revolution. And I was willing to give my blood just to the, for the revolution to adv advance one kilometer. That was my commitment. So I'm a full-blooded socialist and was seeking to be a real communist. And then she was... A capitalist. <laughs> and just to make sure that she understood me, I wrote a 15-page. If you want to have coffee with me, I'll show you the paper. <laughs> a 15-page marriage proposal, like a term paper with charts. This is what I'm envisioning our life would be. This will be our economic life, poor but happy, blah, 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 with all the, the charts, right? 
with footnotes and I gave it to her. Will you please marry me? And I was shocked. Wow, I didn't know that God would really answer my prayer. <laughs> he must be the one. And being a Filipina, a lakambini, I was so shy to say that I love him too. So, <laughs> I gave him a, a raising of the eyebrow. Like that. <laughs> and and me, he understood. <laughs> to me, that's like a signature of acceptance. But I was 17 at that time. And I was 22. And we got married when I was 19. I finished my university at University of Santo Tomas at age 19 with a food service administration degree, hotel and restaurant management they call now. And um, he was in the Bible school. I got kicked out because they did not want my final paper because it was too leftist, they said. And, those, and that school was built up by the American missionaries, of course. So I went to the University of the Philippines and finished Asian studies. Right after our graduation, I married her. She was 19, I was... 23? 20, yeah, going 23. Throughout our marriage, we experienced so many hardships. Imagine... Part of our marriage vow. Oh, yeah. We wrote our marriage vows, and um, we said that we will be together and that we will remain to serve the poor. That was our agreement because I dreamed of myself being a missionary, going to the mountains, and I found man of God. So our commitment, because he loves the poor and I love to serve God, our commitment would be, our marriage would be dedicated in serving the poor. Even though I was disqualified to be a pastor, being I grew up in an evangelical religious background, I was disqualified as a pastor. I still said, as an Asian Studies graduate of the University of the Philippines, we are going to serve the poor, and that's how we're going to serve God. And so after getting married, I was so involved in uh, ayokong magkwento, baka, baka hindi na, baka maredtag ako dito. <laughs> you were teaching at Columban College. Yes. And uh, they knew that I was a Protestant and evangelical, and yet when they interviewed me, the Columban fathers, uh, Father Shea Collins, I, w I will never forget him, an Irish priest, and said, I like your theology. I don't care if we're different in terms of denomination. Teacher, and they allowed me to teach sociology, world history, and Rizal course with the emphasis on the life of Andres Bonifacio. And could you imagine, I was just 19 at that time, and we were assigned in Olongapo City. That was my first time to be out of my comfort zone. Metro Manila, and my routine, house, church, school. 
I don't go partying. Very, very boring life. <laughs> Conservative life. <laughs> Conservative life. And being in Olongapo City in the 1970s, 79, 80s, you could just imagine that was the height of the Vietnam War. And we have lots of American sailors. And my exposure was really a very shocking one because I saw a lot of women being used by the military who are doing their R&R in Olongapo City. And my heart just crunched. And there was a time when he brought to our house a 16-year-old lady who was under drugs. And Father Shea Collins um, advised him to be with the family. So at my age, 19, and this person was 16, taking care of her because she's, she's um, rehabilitating from the drug addiction. I, I really needed to grow up or mature more in dealing with this because it was, Lord, I didn't know that serving you is like this. So I have to learn a lot as we go along. We served... Um, prostitutes who are um, finishing their work and we established Society of Sisters of Mary Magdalene, a cafeteria, just to hear the stories of these ladies who finished work and unload. And out of that, we have seen success in terms of leaving that job and going to another kind of career. We are also uh, involved in the anti-US based rallies and uh, pro-labor work. And there was a time in 1986 that I left, the I left my family to join the People's Power in February 1986. And um, there's so many things, political things that happened that I needed to get my family out of the Philippines if we wanted to survive. Uh, long story, uh, we don't have time, but it's a matter of poli the political dynamics pushed us out of the Philippines, even though that was not part of my dream. So we stayed in Canada for 20 years. So I said to God, Lord, I know I want to go to the mountains, but I didn't know that you will bring me to these beautiful mountains <laughs> of British Columbia. So our ministry at that time was different. We minister to the, our OFWs who are being abused by their employers. So sometimes we house them. We minister to people who were who used to be working as, OF, as domestic helper and being abused by the employer. So we have to host them again at our place. So all along our marriage life, we are in service to our kababayans because we cannot take other people being suffering from injustice. So, and then we were called back here in the Philippines 
So I thought it would be in Manila. But my husband said, in Mindanao. I said, Mindanao? I don't know anybody there. And I'm scared. I, we <laughs> talked to our children. Those little children, they became mother, mother, and father, you know. And uh, after they had established their families, it was time for us to come back. And we went to Mindanao. And uh, we didn't know anybody in Mindanao. We, we don't speak the language also. We don't speak the language. So we studied. <laughs> Karon, makasulti namin magbisaya. Makasabot na. Dili na mapabaligya. So we were embraced by many peace-building workers here. Uh, primarily the people involved in the Mindanao Peace Weavers, IID, Mindanao uh, uh, People's Caucus, and uh, Myla was here. She's embarrassed every time I say this, but this is really from my heart. Myla is my mentor in terms of Mindanao Peace Building work. Thank you, Myla. She was my teacher at MPI, Mindanao Peace Building Institute. And so we went to, uh, instead of staying, here in Davao, we went to the field, to Liguasan Marsh, where the armed conflicts, you know, I've learned a lot from Mindanao Peace Building Institute. So we applied what we've learned, you know. Uh, so we went there. Do we have a picture of some of our Mindanao stuff? No, that's it. And so we grew in our work here, and while we are in conflict um, transformation situation. My wife uh, noticed something. I was watching him in his peace building work. And um, as I watched him, I said, I think there's something missing. We can always talk about peace, but peace has to be felt. And Coffee gave me the inspiration when I saw coffee being served in the peace talks that they have arranged. And I said, when there's coffee served, there's no putukan. Therefore, walang namamatay. So, the more coffee we serve, the less ang putukan. Then, mas maraming buhay. So, that inspired me that I took it with me coming back from Cotabato to Davao, and my business mind said, register the name. So I registered the name, Coffee for Peace, and the rest is history. But one thing I, I would like to point out with our relationship, it's not that he completes me or I complete him, but it's more of knowing who you are. Don't rely on the other person to complete you. It's you and knowing who you are and your purpose in life would enhance and will put you together, then you will be a dynamo. And that's what happened to us. And that's the reason why I fall in love with him. He knows what he wanted to do. He wants to serve God. Because I know what I wanted to do at that time, even though I was 19. Because... I wanted to dedicate my life serving 
our creator and i found that in him my our marriage is not a straight line like that our marriage is up and down like a roller coaster but it's not a purely horizontal up and down i think it's like this up and down up and down but the trend is going up am i making sense there were so many times maybe 100 times that we wanted to divorce to say goodbye hiwalay na tayo but there's something the the role of the community first of all our family every time na mag-aaway kami kampi sa akin yung mami niya at daddy niya sa akin kumakampi so pinapagalitan siya kasi ikaw eh pero yung mother ko Patay na yung father ko eh. Yung mother ko, kakampi lagi siya. So, ang laki ng effect nun sa mga, ang dami naming immaturities, no? Like, young couple then have these three babies growing up. How could we have survived without the family, without the community? Sometimes, wala yung family. Nung nagpunta kami sa Canada, wala kaming family. Wala din kaming family nung nagpunta dito. So, yung mga wala dito yung family, yung absent yung family, please find a community. A, com- a community who would take care. Uh, take care of you, who will love you, who will be funnel of God's love so that you will be loved. Okay, kukuha nung community na sisira ng buhay nyo. Of course, ang mahirap maghanap yun. Pero, we always say, find a community that would enrich your life. And you will also be a life-enriching presence in their lives. So, napakahalaga nun. And we didn't dream of being recognized, but somehow, somebody submitted our name. Mas marami pang ang naonang peace builders amin dito. Somebody submitted our name to Ging... Deles. <laughs> and King Deles, uh, Secretary King Deles submitted our name to attend this event uh, for the president. Oh, wag nyo naman sabihing dilawan ako ha, nagkataon lang na. Don't politicize this, please. <laughs> Baka mamaya lumabas to sa Facebook. <laughs> Hindi din kami pulahan. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we, we never dreamed of being recognized. We just want to serve God, to serve, and to grow in our being, to serve others, and to be a regenerative, sustaining agent for our planet in our small ways. Hindi naman yung bonga. But somehow, pagpala ang focus natin to really serve, people get noticed, uh, gets to notice what we're doing. And uh, itong mas exciting sa akin, to talk to the revolutionaries and to listen why they are revolutionaries. Eh kasi, revolutionary din ako. Yun nga lang, naudlut. Pero right now, I still consider myself as a non-violent Revolutionary. Walay pusil. Pero revolutionary, Jude. 
So you would see when this was happening, um, there was a time in 2016 when women were sent sa Basilan kasi may nagkapugutan ng ulo at that time. And we have to document. And only women were sent. Earlier. Earlier. And it was uh, an eye-opening for me because that was my first time in Basilan. And meeting the people there, I said to myself, I didn't know that Philippines is that poor in terms of, you know, looking. Because my only exposure of Philippines while, while growing up was Manila. So it was my first time in, 19, in 2006 that I visited a province, uh, Mindanao Island and several provinces here that really opened my eyes. And that's why my passion for the indigenous people and the Islamized people and the settlers are there. My question always, why are they poor? And I'm, I'm so blessed to have someone with me who shares the same passion, whom I can talk to. We still talk in the wee hours at night, sometimes laughing together, sometimes fighting over an issue, <laughs> but we talk. So I think the most important thing during this chaotic time is communication and having that open ears to listen and to really understand and open your eyes to understand the other person. I haven't convinced her yet to be a socialist. <laughs> but I'm a social entrepreneur. <laughs> and she hasn't convinced me to be a capitalist. So, <laughs> social enterprise. Yun na lang ang naging ano namin ngayon. Uh, uh, ideological. The capitalist marrying the socialist produced okay. social enterprise. <laughs> I think we would summarize everything that Papano namin na sustain yung energy, yung masyadong, masyadong nakakapagod sa, sa field. I think, ang lagi naming sinasabi, God, make us a funnel of your love. Let your love flow in and through us. Energize us because we don't have our own energy. Thank you very much. Thank you.